Hello. Hi there. Thanks for tuning into the Katie K9 show. Okay, when we went, it is how many eyelids does a cat have? Do you have any idea there? Uh, woman on the other side of the glass. <laughs> <laughs> um, two, two, four, seven, 18. I don't know. And Dr. Jess, how many would <laughs> there we be? Have, we had some question before that said the cats didn't have eyelids. Oh, we did? No, that was, was eyelashes. Eyelashes. Yeah. Eyelashes. eyelashes. Yes, it was. They don't have eyelashes. I don't remember one about cats. eyelids. Oh, I thought it was eyelids. Yeah. No, it was eyelashes. They don't, cats don't have eyelashes. Do cats have eyes? Do they? No. <laughs> okay, so how many eyelids are there? Many, many eyelids. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. It says here, uh, uh, a haw is the third eyelid of a cat. Nobody calls it the haw. Okay. Which can only be seen when the cat isn't well. Do you... Right, so if they have them in each eye, that would be six. Okay. So it's three in each eye. Yes. Got okay. it. Okay. So... We, we just call it the third eyelid. Okay. Got it. So technically there's three yeah. eyelids. Remember that TV show it, V where the people... No, ate. I didn't watch stuff like that. I don't poison my brain that <laughs> so way. So that they had it because they were... I was like, watching the Flintstones. <laughs> no. <laughs> they were sort of like reptile people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I remember the hoopla about it, but no, I never watched oh. it. Okay, so a haw is the third eyelid of a cat, which can only be seen when the cat isn't well. Is that... Why is that? Do you know, Dr. Jess? Um, because, uh, a lot of times when cats aren't feeling well, their eyes will sink back into their head a little bit. So the only thing that keeps the third eyelid out of the way in dogs and cats okay. is the pressure of the eyeball okay. against that membrane. Right. And then when the eye sinks back in the head, that third, third eyelid, that membrane comes up. Okay. Yeah. So. Plus dogs and cats also have a muscle in the back of their eyeball that pulls the eyeball back into the socket if they're in, if the eye is injured. Really? Oh, wow. I did not know that. Okay. There was our anatomy lesson. Okay, let's... They're mutants. No, no. They're all mutants. No, that was That's the people right. from V who were mutants. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, let's go Remember to Remember them drinking their wine glasses no. with yeah. goldfish we're in them? moving right along. <laughs> we're answering people's questions here. All right. With jaws in them? No. Uh, no, no, no. Move on. Move on. Bob! Yeah. Wrong. Right. <laughs> I will not see Bob in a whole... No, uh, okay, who's up next? Uh, we're going to talk to Andrea. Andrea has a question about a cat's nasal passage and teeth. All right. Hey, Andrea, how you doing? Hi, I'm fine. Good, good. I'm now, how, how old is because, your cat? Um, it's a, it was originally a stray, and okay. so I think it's at least two years old. Okay, and how long have you had it? I've had it for two years. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. It, it, it's always had kind of a weak bone structure and kind of a small neck, and um, I noticed that he was having trouble just in general swallowing kind of. He, I have to kind of get him softer food. And he'll kind of make this air noise when he swallows, or it sounds like there's air being pushed out of his nostrils, sort of. Oh. But he's always kind of been a little bit that way. But then there was one day where he kind of stopped eating, and I brought him to the vet. And then at the vet, he looked at the back teeth, and he said the back teeth were um, pretty decayed. But um, this problem had been going on for kind of a while. It's just that he had never refused to eat before. Mm -hmm. Um, But then he started eating again a couple days later. But I just wondered, he kind of gave, um, he said how much it would cost to get the back teeth removed and all the dental stuff, and it was almost $2,000. And I was wondering how necessary you think it is to get all that dental work done on cat's teeth or if there is some kind of alternative or a cheaper way to go about it. At two years old, how? So of course, I understand that teeth 
It comes from mom, what mom, you know. Well, yeah, who knows? I mean, so so she's had the cat for two years, yes. so he's older he, than two no, years no, old. No, no, no. She got him when he was a kitten, so he's he, two was years he a old. Kitten? You well, said he was, he was a strong cat when I when oh he yeah he was a cat. Oh, I miss that. Okay, so then, so was any blood testing done when you were there? Yes. Okay, what they find out? They said all the organs were functioning fine. It was negative for FIV and FTLIV and everything. Okay, and then um, what what kind of treatment was done? There wasn't. Other than a prescription for antibiotics, there wasn't any treatments done at that time, but he said that she should come back for a whole lot of dental work. So did you put the cat on antibiotics? Yeah, he had oral antibiotics for a couple weeks, I think it was. Okay, and he started eating again? Yeah. So is he eating normally now? He's eating normally now, um, but he always kind of has that air thing where he kind of, when he swallows, he kind of like pushes like a sound through his nose, but he's always kind of been like that. Uh-huh. And what are you feeding this cat? I tried to, I have to feed him soft food because he has kind of trouble swallowing anything. I feed him grain-free, like tiki cat or, you know, Nutrisource or that kind nice. of okay, berry what I give him. Good. Yes. Well, you know, without seeing him, like, it's hard to imagine what you're describing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what might be going on. I would... With cats, like the the majority of the time, in my experience, when they stop eating, even if you look in their mouth and you think, oh, man, your cat's teeth look horrible, that is not usually why they stop eating. Because most animals will eat because eating is survival. Mm-hmm. And they will eat in spite of having abscessed teeth and rotten teeth. So typically, if they stop eating, something else is going on. Um, if there's a lot of inflammation in the mouth, if it, mouth, if there's something like stomatitis, obviously that can be very painful. And since antibiotics often have the side effect of reducing inflammation, they have this anti-inflammatory side effect. So that is a lot of times why you give antibiotics. And guess what? Things get better. It doesn't necessarily mean that it was an infection, but you know, you decrease inflammation. Okay. Everybody feels a little bit better. Okay. Did you do so, probiotics when you were given the yeah. antibiotics? No. See, so there you are, jumping ahead. Oh, sorry. So that's probably what I would do is I would do anti-inflammatory things for this cat, mm-hmm. and kind of see what mileage you get out of it. So um, definitely probiotics. If you're, are you giving the cat any supplements at all? Not, not currently. Okay. So get yourself a probiotic and start giving that to the cat every day. Get yourself some fish oil. Start giving that every day. And these are things that you just put in as food. Okay. Um, I would uh, probably do something like Animal Essentials. They make um, a lot of uh, organic herbal blends for animals. So they have one called Echinacea and Golden Seal. Uh, Echinacea helps the immune system. Golden Seal is antibacterial um, and is made for dogs and cats. If you look on animalessentials.com, you can buy the stuff from their website, or you might find a pet food store near you that carries it. Um, okay. And, you know, I would I would kind of start with those three things and see what mileage you get out of it. Now, the, the secret to dental health, of course, is not going to be eating food that has the consistency of soup. Yeah. But since... I, I just would not be 100% sure that that's why your cat stopped eating in the first place. Yeah. So that's why I would do these other things first and see if you can support the immune system. If you can get him eating consistently, you know, then you can find somebody maybe to, you know, take a different look at his teeth. 
Okay. Okay. Does that help you out? Yeah, it does. Thanks uh, a lot. How can they get a hold of you, Dr. Jess? Uh, through my website, holistic-vet-care.com. And also, there is um, there is a holistic cat vet in the Twin Cities. There is? Yeah. There. Sue Swanson at the holistic, uh, it's called the Holistic Cat Care Clinic. It's in Matamidi. Hmm. Okay. So, I refer a lot of cat people to her because, you know, that's kind of, I mean, I treat cats too, but right. that's really her expertise. Okay. 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 So just get, you know, because sometimes when you get a diagnosis like that, it is better to have, you know, somebody else, you know, like us, if we get a diagnosis of something, it's best to, especially mm-hmm. it's going to cost a couple grand, you know, ha- have somebody else look at it and see what they, you know, have to say. So, okay. Mm-hmm. That's what okay. I would do. Thanks a lot. Okay, kiddo. Yeah. Have a great day. Thanks for the call. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, teeth are a funny thing as far as, uh, yeah, and animals. And then, please, people, always remember, if for yourself or for any animal you have, anytime you give an antibiotic, you do a probiotic, all right? A couple hours later, don't give them together because then they cancel each other out. (laughs) So what would be safe? I took my antibiotic at noon. When should I take my probiotic? You know, anytime between like an hour later and anytime after that. Um yeah, a lot of times I, I would say, you know, put the probiotic in with the food, but don't put the antibiotic in with food. You know, give the antibiotic separately. Oh, okay. This sounds good. Okay, that time? Uh, we can start. We have about okay. a minute if okay. you want. Let's, do, let's go to the phone lines. All right, we're going to go to Brittany. Brittany has a question about when to introduce raw food to her kitten. Her kitten. Hi, Brittany. How you doing? I'm just fine. How are you? Good, good. So how old is your kitten? 14 weeks. 14 weeks. Okay. So what is your question? I had read, I had read uh, one, one site that said uh, wait until 20 weeks, but she is incredibly um, interested in eating people food. She <laughs> likes our turkey. She likes the rice. Um, you know, none of it has been raw yet, but she seems very curious about uh, people food already. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I I would go raw right away. Okay. Super. And then also, yeah. yeah if uh-huh. if you if you have a cat who is interested in eating other things, I would totally give her little bits and pieces of human food. You know, whenever you're comfortable doing it, because you know cats yeah. tend to become addicted to like one thing. Yeah. And if you can maintain yeah. that variety, yeah, that variety in her diet, do it. Yeah. That, that's awesome. Yeah. Even if it's like. Little bit of tortilla chips, little bit of cantaloupe, little bit of whatever. Yeah, I had a couple cats. She had, po- she had an organic Cheeto earlier this morning. Oh, good! There you they go. Make organic Cheetos. There you go. Yeah, oh, they do. I, yeah. I got some too. Oh, so you get that by Costco. <laughs> You get those yeah, organic. Yeah, that's. I just finished my bag. <laughs> Love them. And uh, she loves. Um, she tried a little potato salad that had fallen on the floor, and. Um, she she did not want a raw carrot or a banana. All right, but okay. she yeah. wants to know everything that I'm eating. That's and so excellent. We sit there and sniff and yeah, and nurture so. that now, so she do you don't have a exactly. fanatic cat. Exactly, yeah. okay. that's wonderful. Yeah, I definitely will. Fantastic! Right, well, Thanks for the call, kid. Good for you. Bye bye. So much. Bye. That is good. Yeah, kids. Yeah, the cats. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Uh, how can you tell what gender a turtle is? Thank you for listening to the Katie K9 Show. Greatly appreciate it. We have Dr. Jessica Levy, holistic vet, here today. So hopefully you've got some questions. Please do call them in. Okay. 
You can tell the tur- how can you? I asked how can you tell the gender of a turtle? Okay, the obvious would be you know, in the, like in cats and dogs. Okay, but let me rephrase that. You can tell the a turtle's gender by the noises it makes. Cool. So, what do, do how do what does a male do and what does a female do? You have any idea? Are you asking us to imitate a turtle? No, just say what. what okay, fine. <laughs> do they yeah. squawk? No, <laughs> I know turtles make sounds. Like, yes, yeah. they do. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, I, I knew okay. that. Too. Do they gargle? I mean, this is the, this is turtle <laughs> season. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, so this, know. this you're making fun. I will tell you. Okay, a, a female turtle. Yes, this is how you can tell if it's a female turtle. Okay, she hisses. Oh, a okay. female turtle. If you come up to it, will hiss at you. Okay, okay. And that's unfortunately that's all the ones that I see because I'm always getting hissed at. <laughs> a male turtle will grunt. A male turtle will grunt. A female turtle will hiss. Okay, then so there you have it. But that's how you can tell without turning them upside down and looking for hardware department. I okay. Totally I also do know that the male, I believe, has like an in, like a, a concave on the underbelly. That his belly's concaved a little bit, or you know, in, yeah. so that he can ride the female. You know, I mean, they kind of fit. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, try to like look a at puzzle the, piece. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So anyway. okay, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> I let's, understand. Let's, yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. No, I want you to explain a <laughs> no, little more, Katie. No, more, please. Moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna talk to Savannah. All right. Savannah has a question about um, her dog that's nipping. All right, nipping dogs. Yeah. All right. Hi, Savannah. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good. Can you remember now how to tell the difference between a girl turtle and a boy turtle? Uh, yeah, the girl turtle hisses and the boy grunts. Yeah, excellent. Look at that. We can learn. Okay, what's up? <laughs> um, so I have a little dog, and we took your classes, and it went great. But he tends to nip when I'm running. Okay. And, and do you have any ideas? Okay, so when when any time that you're in motion, many dogs that you know dogs have a prey drive. You know, if it runs, they got to go to it. All right. Some dogs will nip. Some dogs will run over the top of you. But that's what's instinctive in them. If something moves, you know, let's especially the younger the dog is, the more it's a play. You know, trying to drive also with the prey drive. And so, what do, when he when you are now running? Are you saying like you're running at, and he's on a leash and he's running with you, or you're just running through the yard? Because we go on lots of walks and we run and we run in the yard. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. So, so the the thing is, is that now, uh, what kind of what kind of dog? Who's the dog? Small sheep, Shih Tzu Maltese. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, so then what you might want to bring is you know the pop can rinsed out, put five pennies in it, tape the top of it shut. All right. And so then if she starts to like jump at you, just stop, shake the can, and go wrong. And then, you know, start going again. Ah, 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 wrong. And so, but then, like I said, there's going to be days that, you know, I don't care. I'm chasing and I'm going to, you know, go after you. So that's why you've got to gauge it. As the older the dogs get, then it's not as much fun, fun anymore. So that's why, like, if you're going for a walk, you, you know, as you walk, she should, does she try to go after your legs too still? No, he does not. <laughs> he knows how to walk very well. Okay. <clears throat> so then. Uh, but when you're in motion, you're running, that triggers her, you know, to like, bring it on. So I would try that pop can, you know, shake the can, ah, wrong. Okay, and, but then uh, uh, some days, just don't, if you know you're going to be doing a lot of running, 
You just you, you you either don't run around her or you put her in the kennel or in the house when you're gonna be doing a lot of running at this stage of the game. How old is she now? Um, she just turned one. One, yeah, okay, yeah, because up to about a year and a half, they still got shenanigans. You remember they still have the attention span of a, attention span of a gnat. You know, they got a lot of puppy mush brain in them. And the big yep. thing is is to have a lot of you know fun. So instead of running, you know, with the dog and having you know trying to undo this, uh, teach them a trick. Play fetch, play hide and seek, teach nose work, read, get the dog to do structural things instead of just trying to correct the dog, you know, leaping and mouth, you know, jumping at you type thing. That's what I would do at this particular point. All right? Yeah. Does that make sense? All right, get the trick book going, 10-minute dog training games or 101 dog tricks but or dog tricks for idiots. Those are all work great, okay? Okay. Okay, kiddo. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, you know, folks, you you got to, you know, stop. It's just like with people that are doing something, you know, has a, have a bad habit or do, you try to work with it. But then on the other hand, don't set yourself up for failure. You know, if they, the dog just is not listening and paying attention or, you know what I mean, it just seems like this is not work, fine. Then just tuck it away for a while. So if you're going to run, leave the dog, you know, in the kennel tied up or in the house. And then go do your running and stuff like that. And then we're just going to walk and hang out, bring the dog out. And then, you know, work on a little here, a little there. And then as the dog mentally ages, you know, the, hopefully things will get better and better. But that shake can, especially for small dogs, you just shake the can, ah, you know, wrong. And then redirect, where's your ball, where's this? Get him onto something else. You sitting there? Are you, okay. <laughs> okay, who's up next? Okay, we're going to go to Laura. And Laura has a question about a bald spot that is... Okay. Increasing on her dog. Bald spot. All yeah. right. Hi, Laura. How you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you guys? Good, good. What kind of dog? How old? Good. He's a pity mix. He's three. Okay. Yes. And so um, he started developing this like little bald spot, probably maybe the size of a dime on his uh, tummy. Um, and I watched it for a while, kind of checking to see, is it changing, anything like that. And it started to develop like a little kind of bump under it. So I took him into our vet, and um, they took a look at it and said that he had mast cells developing there, something about, like, how they produce, like, antihistamine or whatever it is that means that he's got allergies. Um, so they recommended that we have him on four Benadryl a day, so two, like, in the morning, two in the evening, and um, do that. And then they said that they wanted to get the mass removed as well. And so then we actually, unfortunately, we're out of the country for two weeks. But when we came back, um, just the other day, it's it's almost gone. The hair is starting to regrow on it. And the mass is like, I can't even feel it anymore. So my plan is to give them a call and let them know. But I wanted to run it by you guys, too. I mean, I'm wondering, is there anything that there's even to remove? Or, you know, is this just kind of we move forward with the Benadryl every day? Or what do you think? Uh, so, what's your plan? Are you going to keep your dog on Benadryl for the rest of his life? Well, I mean, that's what I'm wondering, right? I don't know. Right. I don't know what that how, is. Yeah, because how old is this dog? Three? He's three. Yeah. That would be a lot of Benadryl. Maybe yeah. you should buy Benadryl Factory or no. <laughs> invest heavily in there the company go. that makes there you it. Go. Yeah, buy stocks. <laughs> um, so, mast cells are cells of the immune system. So mm -hmm. we think a lot about cells of the immune system that are in our blood and mast cells are immune system cells that are in the tissues. And okay. so um, 
And because they're reactive, we have a lot of them in the skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why, you know, depending on what the dog is exposed to, especially, you said this dog is a pit bull mix? Yeah. Yes. And so these super short-coated breeds, pit yes. bulls, boxers, bulldogs, Frenchies, even the dachshunds and dobermans, these super mm-hmm. short-coated breeds have delicately poised immune systems. Okay. And so... When you have things like that come up, so good thing that it has almost gone away. So the immune system reacts and then tries to resolve itself, right? Could be mm-hmm. reacting to lawn treatments. Um, maybe mm. city sprayed for mosquitoes. Maybe there's chemtrails. But what I would do is just restore normal working order to the dog's immune system, and that's how I deal with mast cell tumors. Okay. So what would that be? So... Food, supplements, you know, basically, uh, what do you yeah. feed the dog? Uh, he's on Nutrisource. We have him on a uh, rotation of four different Nutrisource, like, okay, small good. bags that we do. Good, good. good. Yep. Now, now, yeah, now introduce some food that's not processed. So okay. it's time to explore the world of raw feeding. Yeah. Uh, it's time to get him on a probiotic, some fish yep, oil. He's on probiotics. He's got fish oil every day. Good. So, yep. um... You, there's a million different ways to address this. You could use things like spirulina and bee pollen and add those into his food. Um, and then, you know, at the same time, you want to decrease uh, adverse influences. So sure. you have to think about things like heartworm preventives, flea and tick applications, mm-hmm. lawn chemical use, chemicals in the home. Right. Now, the one thing about that is he does have a history of heartworm. He actually had it. He was uh-huh. finishing up treatment for it when we got him just uh-huh. literally about a year ago. Mm-hmm. So as far as the heartworm preventative, I mean, what does that look like for dogs that have that history? I, I don't think it matters. Okay. It, it's not different for dogs that have had heartworm versus dogs that don't have it. Okay. But basically, you know, you look at alternatives, things like bug off garlic, uh, amber collars from ambertick.com. Zero bug zone tags. Okay. There's, uh, you know, essential oils. There's tons of natural things that are effective for fleas and ticks. Yeah. And, okay, and mosquitoes. Great. Like anything that repels bugs is also going to repel mosquitoes. Okay. 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 Got it. Thank you. Yeah. Have a great guys. one. Now we got some things to change and, and subtract. Okay. Yeah, just a little, you know, just upgrade. Yeah. Just like for us, you know, you, Katie, you and I don't feed our dogs the same way we did five years ago, exactly. right? Exactly. Constantly yep. tweaking it. Yes, that is very true. And actually adding different supplements. I just started bee pollen now for the horse and for mm-hmm. the dogs. So, yep. Okay, good luck, kiddo. Keep us posted, okay? Okay. Uh, how many muscles are in an elephant's trunk? How many muscles in an elephant's trunk? We'll be back. All right. There we are. This would be the only person keeping that song alive would be Katie K9. And because she has to hit the button, Carly. <laughs> How many muscles in an elephant's trunk? Do you have any idea? What do you think, Dr. Jess? Uh, 273. All right. What do you think, Carly? Um, I think 352. Let's try 15,000. Okay. What? I'm a little uh, off. Elephant truck has fit around 15,000 muscles in it. Isn't that something? Wow. I know. It. That's, a, that's a lot of muscles. I was just a little off. Yeah, Not okay. too far off. Yeah, right. I know it. Yeah. You know. Okay, let's head closer <laughs> than I was. <laughs> yeah, we, got, yeah, we got people lining, waiting. So let's get to them. Yeah, so we're going to talk to Jody. Jody has a question about the recall on Nutrisource. All right. Hey, Jody, how you doing? 
Hi, Katie. I just want your opinion on that. We uh, keep I keep seeing that on TV. What is your opinion on that? Okay, this? well, first of all, we were going to address this, and that's why we, I'm glad you called in. Okay, first of all, it is not a recall, okay? There is no recall here. Oh, okay. okay. What it, uh, it's all about is that a, a couple months ago it came up, uh, one of the news channels did a, uh, a story about some golden retrievers yeah. that got cardiomyopathy, and they just happened to be feeding Nutrisource, okay? Yeah. Okay, the big thing is is that the, there is there is no proof yet there is speculation and what it is it's not just nutrisource and this is what people are getting very narrow-minded about it has to do with all grain freeze from every manufacturer that makes grain-free food okay okay it's not just an in and not just a company thing all right it doesn't have to do with like you know the the ingredients are crappy or something like that yeah. what the what the what or it's going to cause disease or what anyway well so what what the main thing is here now um i want and i on my if you guys want to go to my kdk9 facebook page i posted two great articles and one one of my uh, followers on Facebook also part, posted another good article from FDA. So you can okay. just go to Katie, K-A-T-I-E, and then K, the letter K, and then dash nine. Or you okay. can just go to my website through the uh, through the station here, mytalk1071.com. Okay. Go to my show page and then click on my Facebook page. But So what it is is that, and this is where people, like I say, is, is really, first of all, most people don't rotate. Now, they've gotten better through 17 years of me telling people, rotate people you know just keep rotating the more you rotate the, the healthier your dog there's and these dogs that are in question a lot of them is that they've been fed the same diet year after year after year after year and so what they're thinking that it's probably could be the potatoes that are causing the problem because dogs have a hard time digesting starch it could be the is it legumes legumes yeah legumes yeah okay okay and then uh what's the other one uh, oh chickpea that the way the way they break down in our system and the way they break down in the dog system, you know, one thing that people forget is that even in the human world, we're constantly critiquing what we eat and how it makes us feel. Okay, uh-huh. and so and then what is bad for our diet, our heart, our liver, our kidneys, and such like that? You know, that's why there's so many diets out there. You got Weight Watchers, you got keto, you got um, I, I don't know all of them out there because I have Atkins, Weight Watchers, right, exactly. And they all tell you to eat different things and, and such like that. We don't know. Remember the old Atkins? Too much protein is going to crash your kidneys and your liver. Do you remember that? Yeah. And so then everybody got off of that and then tried yep. something. Now it's actually back again, kind of. I think, but with keto, it it's, is. Yep, and so. So that's what I mean, whereas we're always tricky. We don't know, you know, uh, for us humans and for all animals, not just dogs, cats, iguanas, everybody. We, uh, you know, it's it's, it's an evolving business and evolving trying to figure out what's going on. And so So it's just... It's just not affecting these Labradors or or the Retrievers. Nope. It's affecting all dogs. Yes, it is because it has to do with right now. If they they're pointing their finger at grain free foods, not who manufactures it. Okay. okay, it's the grain-free foods. Okay? okay, we have to look at that. And then, like, something, now, when it first came out, they thought it might have been that the, the grain-free don't have enough taurine in it. Uh-huh. Okay, so, and that's, now, Jess, you mentioned something about what is in the 80s about cats, right? Why don't you explain that? Right, People so, have forgot about that. So, when, um, when the dry foods for cats were first invented, um, they had, uh, there were a lot of problems in the 1980s with cats going blind and developing heart problems and stuff like that. And that was how they found out that taurine was an essential amino acid for cats. So cat, 
anything that is essential, like why do we say essential fatty acids, essential amino acid? It means that your body can't make it. You have to eat it. Okay. Right. And so then they started putting taurine in foods made for cats. Well, then dogs had problems, too. And they were like, oh, look, it's an essential amino acid for dogs, dogs too. Dogs need taurine as well? Yep. Yes. Okay. But there are certain breeds that are more sensitive to this. So in the at that time, in the early 90s, it was cockers and golden retrievers. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's like now it's coming around again. So you see golden retrievers are probably more effective, more affected than other breeds. Because genetics plays a huge thing. Right, because you know, they're more sensitive to, like they, they potentially need more taurine in their diets than okay. other breeds of dogs. Okay. But realistically, the number of dogs that has been affected is like 600 and some out of the... The last article million? that I read said 77 million dogs in this country. Right. So so the odds are in your favor that your dog will be fine. Uh-huh. You yeah. know, I, so I think, you know, and to some extent, like some of the food manufacturers, like Katie, you told me, Nutrisource, the, as, soon, as soon as the theory came out, they started bumping up the amount of taurine in their foods. And that's what Nutrisource did. It was a week after this first time, the first round came out. Yeah. Okay, uh, because that's because they're family-owned. They can make a decision like that where they can turn it around with the next batch. We're bumping that up. All right? Other than, like, a lot of them that are corporate-owned, it has to go through the system before they can tw- change, the, you know, the the um, the recipe. All right? Okay, so the family-owned one, do they have to go through the FDA still? Well, yeah, everything the FDA regulates everything, but I'm just saying, no. When they, when they, uh, when it, the first time this came out, okay, about two months ago, three months ago, that uh, the, the 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 hint was, remember, nothing has been substantiated here, right. but it was brought up that maybe terrine levels needed to be bumped up. You know what? Nutrisource said, got it, okay. And with the next batches, they upped the terrine and all their their formulas. All right, okay. they weren't waiting to say because it's going to take a lot of research, and just like in the human world, it takes research to figure out, you know, the diets, what we should eat, what we shouldn't eat, and such like that. And in the animal world, it's even more because we have to guesstimate, you know, as far because they can't tell us how they're feeling or whatever type thing. So it's that's why everybody hitting the panic button and they're thinking that, you know, Nutrisource, you know, it's got to be recalled. It's like, no, this is one thing that is very poor news, and I'm not going to mention the station, because it really came off that it was just a Nutrisource problem. Uh But in in reality, if they would have reported it right, it should have said, it's all grain freeze that are made out there, all okay. of them. And the ones like they're, they're thinking high, you know, the potato based ones, the legume ones, the chickpea ones, yeah. you know, that that's what they're leaning towards. But nothing, and that's what's now is in the mix, you know, that is starting the road to really look at, okay, what is in these diets and then, you know, and go from there. But it's it's always a, the best guesstimate in some in some. Away, so, so. Uh, Katie, can they? Are they supposed to eat legumes? Are they supposed to eat potatoes? Leftover no. potatoes and no, no, no they're they're not. Not, right? Those, but grains are also problematic. So dogs are not built to eat these kinds of carbohydrates. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But see, that's why you got to rotate your diet. You uh-huh. know, have some some days in there that it's raw or dehydrated or, you know what I mean? So that's, you know, ideally, obviously, you know, a raw diet. But the thing is, that's not what it is. You know what I mean? That's not, uh, what do you want to say? Somebody that has a great day and is not going to do that. You know what I mean? That's just the way it is. And so the right. whole thing is, is what we got to do is we got to look at this, tweak it, our own cells. And if you go to hemopet.org, H-E-M-O-Pet 
dot org. Okay. Dr. Gene Dodds has some really nice articles about this when it first hit the fan, you know, a couple months ago, and now, yeah. now in answer because it's 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 coming back into the picture again. Okay. And so the thing is, is that you know, it's just like us. We're not supposed to eat Twinkies, but we do. Right. <laughs> and so right. it is. It's trying to find a balance that everybody can be healthy and and and, and have right. it work. Because you have to think about it. You know, a lot of veterinarians now are saying, well, stop eating grain-free foods. Stop using them. But we went to grain-free foods because the foods with grains cause problems. On a regular, yes. And that's why it's so important to rotate. And that's why, like, with mine, yeah. you know, it's a bag, like, let's say the Nutrisource beef and rice. Then that's I'll get we, maybe... We feed him... Yep, and so then I'll go and do the the Pure Vita, which is a Nutrisource, you know, base. I'll do their turkey grain free. All right, then I'll come back and do a lamb and brown brown rice, and uh-huh. then I'll um, come out and do their Prairie Select. You know, so I, I just buy the five six pound bags uh-huh. because then I, the faster you can rotate, the healthier it is for your dog. But and, the rice has a lot of starch in there, right? But you're not feeding it for any length of time, where you really get bit in the butt by anything, and that's with humans too. If you eat the same thing for too long. You got it's all comes down to variety. Okay. Okay. And that's why I see I buy the six pound and eight pound bag, and yeah. that would last me me my Zelda maybe a week. All right. Uh-huh. And so that's why I'm not feeding them. But most people buy fifteen or fifty or thirty pound bags. The big ones. And yeah. and it lasts for. And there's where the problem lies. It gets old. It gets stale. And you're feeding it the one same one thing for too long. Okay. Okay. And so that's why we've got to do our own due diligence, not hit the panic button. Because I firmly believe, you know, I love Nutrisource and the Pure Vital line. That's what we see. Yeah. I mean, they are, they do it right. I mean, they're family owned, not corporate owned, and they do nothing but the best. And 50 years, no recalls. There's a reason because they really pay attention to what goes in. But we're always learning with human diets, you know, pros and cons. We're now, we're, you know, and there's always something going on. Right. You know, and it never, yeah. So in the day for the dogs and the cats, look in the 80s, we found out we had to do more terrine you know so yeah like i said it, it's gonna it, you know we're always constantly involving we just got to learn to believe i believe in notosaurus and and i would not you know say oh because it's not it is the grain freeze is what it is okay okay all okay. right so pay attention you. all right okay but thanks for bringing this up because we we're going to talk about it anyway so and thank you for feeding notosaurus okay good yes thank okay. you for your time you betcha take care you too bye-bye bye-bye okay we know what those fifteen thousand muscles in an elephant's trunk Okay, how many liters of water do they drink from it per day? How many liters of water do they drink from it in a day? We'll be back. All right, we're back. Okay, an elephant's trunk has now 15,000 muscles, which we learned. So how many liters of water do they drink in a day from that 15,000 muscles of moving that trunk? How many liters do you think that a liter like well like what pop comes in is that like a two liter? Oh yeah, I think yeah. So. Is that two liters? Yeah, I think so. so. Okay, yeah. okay. So so two so, liters. Yeah. Okay. So how many liters? So how many of those? Um, I would say I'm going to go with 150 liters. Wow, yeah. that's a lot. Okay. <laughs> That's think? a lot. Elephants are big. They are big. But, like, where does it all go? Like, well, have you seen the size of it? Like, <laughs> I'm going to have to pee and poo. Like, yeah, you got to pee and poo. Where does it go? That's what I'm saying. And, like, because it's, it's through the trunk. The tr- uh, you know, they're not a like a camel. Yeah, it's a whole day. Whole day. It's a, it's whole, a whole day, day worth okay. of drinking water. Uh, okay, so uh, like, say you wake up, you're an elephant. You know, first you have your morning coffee. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, I'm going to go with, okay, let's, I'll go with 100. Okay, it's 200 liters of uh, water a day they oh. drink. 200 oh, liters. Okay. Close. Yeah, you were. I was yeah, only halfway good. there. Right, there. That's yeah. okay. Yeah, no you problem. know. Oh, that's the way it is. 
There you we go. We do what we can. It, it, okay. ta- it takes a river. <laughs> okay. Now, Apparently. also, too, you know, with the heat, I was really reminded, you know, uh, is that when it gets hot like it did, like yesterday, uh, if you've got heavy dogs or older dogs, folks, okay, take them outside, put them in a kiddie pool, maybe play games with the hoses, but don't go on walks because they just can't handle it. And so, and even, uh, you know, some people date early morning walk or evening walk, you know, as soon as that dog starts to lag and that t- tongue is starting to drop, you know what? You already walked too far because you still have to come back. <laughs> okay. So please, when it gets hot like this, you hold your hand on the tar and for the count of 10. And if you can keep your hand there comfortably, then find your dog can walk on it otherwise no your dog is not walking on that okay but the fat dogs which there are more than i care to say and then the older dogs this heat you can really put them into heat stroke and so that's why just play with them in your yard on those days do you, and for heat stroke what do you don't uh, just some of the signs obviously then just all of a sudden poof, they're out <laughs> um you know that uh, exaggerated panting Yep. Like when the mouth is open super wide. Okay. Also, you know, I mean, you don't want to get to the point where your dog collapses. Right. And so if you play fetch with your dog a lot, you know, some dogs will literally fetch until they, they drop. drop. They will. And so I, you yep. need to be the one to call it quits. Yep. You know, my rule of thumb is always if it's too hot for you to walk on the pavement barefoot, probably too hot for your dog. Exactly. Oh, it is going to so. be. Yeah, because they sweat through the pads of their feet, too. So, yeah. I, I mean, they really don't have many ways to you know, dissipate that extra heat. And there's, right. And there's some dogs that like, you know, you can make the holes do zigzags and like to chase it. You know, they do it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but fill the kiddie pool. Uh, get a sprinkler out. You know, there's a lot of flat sprinklers that dogs can run through and have a good time. Mm-hmm. And then you get to roll the ball through. But there again, like you said, don't keep pitching and pitching. Just because the dog will doesn't mean they should. Right. And so that's why, usually, to me, it would be three times and stop move go do something else let them you know breathe you know settle down and then if you want to do it again fine but you got especially the fat dogs too i mean this dog may be three a dog may be three years old but i mean he's waddling and in this heat and then he's on pay you know tar and you're gonna kill your dogs folks and that's all there is to it so that's why you really pay attention when it's hot like that and then also too you know with the fireworks we said earlier you know i you could try muff Mutt muffs keep the noise out. There's also called a happy hoodie. Uh, uh, there's also called four paws aviation, you know, thing. Uh, also, let's see, we got CBD oil that we can give a shot to, but start something now, today or tomorrow. Just don't do it the day before the day of, all right? Uh, you could do the, the thunder shirt. Start, uh, wearing it now for a minute here, five minutes there, an hour, whatever, when it's nice out. So it becomes their blankie that they look forward to having on because it makes them feel like one big hug and it makes them feel secure so that when the thunderstorm does come or whatever also too during um, the the fireworks or whatever or the thunderstorm bring them to the basement put white noise on like the fan uh tv uh give them something fun to chew on uh play teach them tricks that's the whole thing here is to don't let them don't sit there and go oh they're there it's okay because the thing is is that they are you know it's they're scared and so help work that out okay okay who's up Okay, let's go to Kathy. Kathy has a question about a doodle that when being introduced to others, fights. Okay. Hi, Kathy. How you doing? I'm doing well. And yourself? Good, good. So how old is your dog? So she's two. Okay. And it's actually gotten better because she used to want to eat puppies okay. when she first ate them. Right. Um, but now, and it's not all the time, but mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't even let, I don't even let people introduce their dog to her because I know... She's just going to 
you know, go at them. It ends very quickly. Okay. And then she wants to be friends and she wants to play. Okay. So it's just her initial greeting is not pleasant. Okay. But now are you using a harness or a trading collar? What are you using? No, I mean, she's, for walks, she's got a gentle leader on okay, her. Good. Just a regular, um, you know, on her collar. Okay. Uh, so nothing really. Okay. But. I see some person, some personality of dogs, same with people. They don't want to meet somebody really fast. They got to slowly warm up to them. So if you want your dog to meet a dog that is going to have a future play dates, you go for a walk where you're both walking in the same, uh, same direction. And so the dog can glance over and just kind of size each other up. Okay. So we yep. go for a walk. Then maybe we sit at a bench. You sit at one end. I sit at the other. The dogs can still kind of see each other. Everybody wants to bring dogs in right away and let them sniff and now be friends and run and go play and that's the worst thing that you can do and so what you got to do is baby step it so then now we're going to continue our walk again and now the dogs are seeming a little bit more calmer and this is where there's some dogs that you know by the end of maybe let's say a a mile or two a mile walk that you know you can touch noses and they're fine and then you walk away all right but don't let them what really gets a lot of dogs into trouble is when they get into the hardware department and want to take a good sniff back there and many dogs are offended and will start a fight all right yeah. So that's why you would just let them touch noses or just kind of get a little bit. But the, the leashes have to be loose. If they're tight, yeah. then that's restraining. Yeah, and I'm not pulling on her. I, I do I do know that. So I'm not pulling on her. Good. And it's and I'm wondering if maybe I need to let her sniff the sniff back ends first. No, 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 you don't want back end first. No, don't do oh, that. It's always okay. you start at the front end and then because the back end is what gets more dogs into trouble. All right. And so that's why the thing is, is that, you know, your dog, she's two years old, you know, that you just and, and she the only dog she's going to meet is dogs that she has future play dates, not dogs that you as you go on walks. And can I dog meet? No, we're in right. training. Move on. All right. Okay, so I couldn't even have that as a hope that nope. we can do that. No, you don't. <laughs> but you don't want to do that, because even if you had the dog that loved everybody, you're going to come across a dog that could take your dog out. OK, so that's yeah. why your dog doesn't meet a dog's on walk. No, they just walk on by. Do you, when you're on walks, do you rock up to everybody and get into their face? Hi, hi, hi. Yes. All yes. of a sudden, you're going to walk into somebody's face and they, you get closer. I'm taking you out. <laughs> and so that's, and so that, and that's what causes a lot of neurotic dogs, believe it or not, is dogs that have to meet all the people along the walk and all the dogs along the walk. And all of a sudden, they start getting very anxious because it's hard work meeting people and other dogs. And so what that you want. more the poodle thing than the retriever because I'm used to having retrievers. Mm-hmm. and have allergies that went with the doodle, so mm-hmm. I'm like, that must be... You what? No, it just has to do with the person. No, it has to not a breed. Oh. It has to do with the personality right. of the dog that you have. And then sometimes right. when you back off them meeting people and dogs on a walk, okay, what happens is that it gets... They, now they relax because they don't uh, they don't feel like every dog or every person they're going to meet is going to get up into their face and space. So they relax, yeah. and they get better, and they get more happier and more fun. So you just got to learn with the personality that you have. I think that's what she's doing because she has definitely gotten better because we don't walk up to people anymore. Good, good. Yeah, and she will. She'll get better, more relaxed. And she is better. You know, if I I do take her on a little, you know, even just a few minutes of walking with another dog, she's good because she wants to play. She wants to be friendly. Right. Yep. And so, but then you're going to let her make her friends slowly, like people, coworkers, family, friends, neighbors, you know, slowly work that. So then pretty soon, always when dogs come together, have them on leashes, even if they know each other so they can get reacquainted. Oh, this is who you are. I remember you. Let's go play. But so many people, what they do is they just open the door and the dog runs in and the dog in, uh, inside is like, whoa, who are you? They didn't have a chance yeah. to say hi. You always reintroduce yeah. them. Well, we got to let you go. Not-
you have a safe Fourth uh, of July, okay? Okay, kiddo, and if you got any other questions, give me a call up at Katie's Canine. Sorry we did not get to the last two. The cat lick one, you can um, break skin. That's Carrie. Well, uh, she can email. How can they email you, Dr. Jess? Through my website, holistic-vet-care.com.